Alright guys, welcome back to Dadology. Uh, my name is Luke. And I'm John. And we are just so excited about this lesson. Uh, that, so this one uh, is called Make Winners. So obviously we've been kind of going through uh, some just different content that we teach here at church uh, in our dad life group. Uh, it was written by our pastor. And, you know, we started off just remembering the mission uh, that God put on your life. And then we talked about how you model the way and then how you're going to mold that clay in your children. Uh, and then last last podcast, we talked about magnifying the good in our children over just critiquing every little thing that they have. Right. Uh, but this one is all about training our kids and talking to our kids and how... The, I love this lesson because it's a lot more practical than the... While the other lessons, we did talk a lot about a lot about practical things but it's a lot of concepts right you know and and so this one though we're going to go through just kind of the different ages and how to work with each age now obviously this is going to look different especially just it's going to look different whether you have girls or boys (laughs) yes it's going to look very different this one was awesome for me the first time i i saw it and just those the breakdown of the age groups i was like mind blown never never thought right. of it that way yeah and that was the same thing for me when when i was asked to kind of teach this and and i was reading through the content and stuff i remember coming to this one actually being like really excited about it because i was like man this is so good <laughs> i really like this right. um you know but obviously the first thing and the the like the number one thing that we want our kids to win in is just finding Jesus, accepting Jesus. There's no greater joy for, you know, a Christian dad to whether you lead your children to Jesus or your wife or somebody at church, whatever that looks like. There's no greater joy than experiencing that. And I've, I've had the privilege to experience that with my two oldest, and I've also been able to be the one that baptized them, um, which was just awesome. Yeah. Like, serious dad high, <laughs> like, right there. Um, it was, it's so good, and it's one of the, fond, you know, some of the fondest memories, and I can't wait with um, my, t- my younger children, um, you know, hope that they make that, that choice, obviously. You know, but that's the thing is, and that's why it is such a great joy, but it also requires us as dads to talk about the gospel message to our yes, kids. Yes, it does. And, um, and, and explaining what the gospel is and, and why Jesus came to die and how messed up we all are because we all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I spoke about this a little bit, like, you know, once when my daughter was born, like I wasn't going to church and, and all that. And then my daughter's kind of the one who who got me to the point of let's go to church. And it's, it was because we're like, even though we didn't go to church, I still read the, the kids Bible. And I was like, I still want you to know about this stuff. Like, this is real. I want you to know about it. And then that in itself is what kind of transformed my life in that area because of the questions that she would start asking. And then it's like well, I don't have all the answers to these questions that this, this little kid is asking me because I don't do all this stuff. I'm just, right. I'm just reading it to you because I know I should. It's in there, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's in there. So then like her asking the questions and then me starting to be like, well, 
well, how do I answer this? Like going to my <laughs> wife, like, yo, how do I answer this question? She just asked me and she's like, read your Bible. <laughs> like, yes. the, the simple answer, right? Yes. That, that we all struggle with. And so then it was like, okay, well, let me go read this little bit and then be like, okay, well, let me try to break this down to a child level of understanding. But it's, it's such a big deal to do that stuff. And, and to see that when your kids are, are making those choices on their own is, is a big, is a big win. Yeah. And I'm just going to be honest here, uh, you know, pull back the veil a little bit on Luke's life. Uh, I'm really, really bad at making big concepts, like breaking those down to where a child can understand them. I'm terrible <laughs> at like there's a reason I don't teach in kids ministry because I'm just bad at it. Like, I, I'm good, like, when they're teenagers. Can like, confirm. <laughs> I am so bad at, like, breaking that down. Now, I'm so thankful for my wife because she can, and she's really good at it. And she's really mm. good at making it relatable to the kids. And I hear it every day when she's doing the, the you know, going through all of our schoolwork, um, that we do for our kids. And, and it's just one of those things that, like, I am just really bad at breaking that down. And it comes out, especially, like, if I have to teach, like, I, I know math pretty well. Math just kind of makes sense to me. That That's, right. you know, that I was good at math. Math will never lie to you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but teaching that to my kids, it's one of those things <laughs> that, like, like, I go to teach that to my kids, and I'm like, yeah, you just, just subtract it. Like, you just take it away. Like, you just subtract it. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like... I don't know how else to explain this. This is what you gotta do. I just, I, I just see all the, 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 the videos of the parents trying to teach the math, the kids math and they're getting mad at the kids because they can't explain it. I just picture you doing that. Yeah. It's true because I don't know how, like, it's, it's just one of those things I'm like, I don't know how else to explain this to you because, and to where you can understand it. And so that, on the other hand of that, like, that, I do a lot better as they get older and I've always been a lot better. Like if I don't have to hold back from like teaching big concepts and diving deep and things like that, like I can do that, but don't. (laughs) And so obviously like the big things of like, you know, what all the gospel message talks about, about how we are wretched sinners and that we need a savior and that Jesus came to save and that he died on the cross you know, and then when he died, he raised from the dead and it bridged that gap. And those things, you know, saying it that way is, is really good. But then it's like the gospel message is also much more to that. Like we're adopted as a child of God and there's this process of sanctification. Like if I say sanctification to my, <laughs> to like even my eight year old, she's going to be like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, okay, let me try, you know, and then I totally lose it. Yeah, and then my wife's yeah. like, let me help you. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I'm not bad at it. Where I'm decent at it is because I don't understand either. So for me to understand, I need it broken down sometimes to the That's kid fair. level. And then I'm like, okay, so that helped me get it. Now let me relay this to my kid because I'm going to have to learn it the same way you're going <laughs> to need to learn it. Right. And so. So, obviously, that's the main thing. We want our kids to know the gospel. We want our kids to know the Father and accept Jesus, you know, as their Lord and Savior and and be saved from the wrath of God, which is hell. 
And we want that for our kids. Obviously, if you're a Christian dad, you know, who's listening to this, we don't want our kids to go to hell. No. Right? No, absolutely not. So when I put it into that perspective, if you haven't really thought about it or even really took the time to like sit and talk with your kids about Scripture, or if that's not something that you're currently doing, number one, it's it's okay. There's still time. <laughs> like, there's always still time to do this. It doesn't matter if your kid's 17 and about to move out of the house. There's still time. It's never too late to to talk about the gospel message right. with with our kids. And then also, it's very important because it's something we don't like to talk about, but hell is a very real place. And it's and it, and if you choose to reject Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, that's exactly where the, where you will go. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, it is up to our kids to choose what they want to follow and what they want to believe. Um, but if we're very passive and we don't want to, and we don't talk about it, and we don't have those conversations with them it's a lot more likely that that's the route that they're going to go and that we don't want that for right. our kids. Right. Something like I was actually just talking to somebody about this uh, uh, yesterday or the day before, and I was like, good people will go to hell. Yeah. And, and people, and, and that's a hard concept for some people to understand. It's like you can do everything right on earth, absolutely everything right, and if you didn't have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to hell. Yeah, that's a hard concept to wrap your mind around because you're you're a good person. You're like I'm a good person. I I tithe. I went to did charities. I helped people. I did all the, like yeah, but you didn't have a relationship with him, right? And that's the the ultimate things. Like yes, you need to do that, but this is probably not probably it is. It's first is that relationship, then be a yeah. good person. Well, I mean, isn't that what Jesus says in Matthew, right? Right. Like where he, he's Matthew teaching. four, Matthew seven, I think. Uh, I think it's seven. Think uh, it's either seven or eight. Yeah. Um, where he, you know, it's it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. and it's towards the end of it, and he's just talking, and he's like, "Listen, there's going to be a lot of people who come up and say, you know, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name, I, mm-hmm. I spoke your name, I even said that I believed in you, you know," and he says, "And then I will respond to." I never knew I you, know. right? Uh, and then they cast him out into the To me, fire. that's the scariest verse in the whole Bible is because <laughs> you could do it all right, but if he doesn't know you. And then, you know, I've had somebody respond to me, and it's like, well, he knows everybody. And I'm like, that's not what he's saying. It's no. Like, yes, he knows everybody, but how much did you let him? Right. How much did you invite him into knowing you? How much did you let him know you? Just because he knows everything doesn't like my wife knows me better than anybody I know. But if I don't have those conversations with my wife, just because she knows me doesn't mean that, you know, we're not two ships passing in the night. You know, he's, right. that roommate status can happen very quickly and you don't even realize it. Yeah. It's the same thing with with God. If you're not having that relationship with him, you're it doesn't it doesn't even matter at that point i don't even know what to say you know <laughs> right well i mean ultimately it goes even back into like ecclesiastes right which was written by solomon king solomon who he's 
it's 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 quite a depressing book to read it's not like if you want super encouragement that's not the one to do <laughs> you know but the thing is is he's reflecting back on his life because you know even he started his reign as king asking god for wisdom and god said that's a great question to ask and he gave wisdom and he was incredibly wise and he, i mean to the point that nations around the world just were in awe of how wise of a king Solomon was, you know, but because of that, and because of this, him being a, a human being, he gained everything. He gained the whole world, but in doing so, he also allowed, you know, idols and false gods and all kinds of stuff into the kingdom of Israel, which obviously is something God absolutely said no to right you know and and all of that even tied back to the fact that he just liked he liked women from other cultures is what scripture says and he married them he brought them in which was also a no-no mm -hmm. right is don't they weren't supposed to have you know wives and marry people outside of you know outside of uh israelites and and he did and then they brought all of their gods and they brought all of their things with them and he allowed it and they built temples all over Jerusalem that weren't for God and things like that. And so Ecclesiastes is him just kind of reflecting on life as a whole and he's reflecting that none of it matters, right? He That all of the things that he thought were great and thought were good, and even in our eyes, and if we just, you know, our culture, we could do things that we see as morally right mm -hmm. all the time. You know, we could also do things that culture may seem as morally right, and people would call us a good person. People will call us all these things, but it doesn't matter if you do all of those things if you don't have Christ, if you haven't accepted Christ, all of those, they're, 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 they mean nothing. Yeah, it's null and void. Right, because it, it actually isn't righteousness, because we can't be righteous. Scripture says there's no righteous, no, not one. And then when Jesus comes through, he says the only way you can be righteous is through Jesus Christ. And so because of that, you know, you have this whole book of Ecclesiastes that's just talking about how, oh, this is all terrible. You know, that I used to find, you know, happiness in the women and in the alcohol and the parties and ruling the kingdom and all of that stuff, but none of that matters. And at the very end of that book, he says, you know, at the end of that book, he goes, the only thing that matters, the only purpose of man is to fear God and do his commandments, which he didn't really do for most of his life. And then several, you know, we go two kings later, you know, two generations of kings later after him, it gets to the point where God says if it wasn't for his promise to David that he would have he would have destroyed the whole line of David because it was so bad and they rejected God so much. But it started with all of those things and it went worse and worse and worse. And so when we kind of tie all of that in together with you can be, like you said, you can do good things in quotations. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing the little <laughs> quotation things with my fingers, right? And so you could do all the good things in life, but it still doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you don't accept God, it doesn't matter. Your kids can be great kids, but until they accept Christ, it really doesn't matter. 
right? They're still going to be on a one-way ticket to hell until they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, and, and that truth is hard to hear, but it is truth. And so, but that's why the verse that we have, right, that we've read every single podcast is so important, right? So Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, um, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so that's why this verse right here is so important, because if we don't do this part, then we're really sending our kids down a path of of not being successful, uh, of not seeing them as people who honor and who show respect and who are hard workers and things mm-hmm. like that. And But this also, once again, requires us to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we've been I, saying... I'm gonna, I've, I don't know how many times I've said this. I'm going to say it again for all you uh, new Christians and even some of the ones that aren't. Get a kid's Bible. If you struggle, it'll, it'll break down those stories down to to very simple versions that you can read and then you can once you do that then it opens up the door to the questions that you can ask where you can go to your to your actual bible and find those answers with the whole story not just the broken down cleaner version because the bible's are rated y'all if y'all <laughs> if you haven't read it True. so so you know that'll break those those concepts down, and then you could be like, okay, well now I have questions about this, and then go find those. So I'm just going to throw that out there again. I'll probably do that forever. Is get a kid's Bible. It's what helped me, and still does. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to go through. Um, so this is where we kind of dive into what this all kind of practically looks like, and and this is I found this incredibly helpful here but it's five roles each dad operates in as their children grow so you you know your kid is born and if if you've had your first kid or you're about to have your first kid and you're listening to this trying to 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 learn some stuff um this is going to be really helpful because i remember when when deborah my oldest was first born I remember holding her just going, I have no idea <laughs> what I'm supposed to do. Thanks. And, you know, because I didn't. Um, but, at, you know, the first age group here, um, so this is going to be from ages, you know, zero to one. So when they're born to when they're one years old. So this is all about connecting. So you're a connector in their life. Um, you're showing love and, you know, and care. Uh, you're being nurturing. You provide security. Uh, for them, uh, the concepts of right and wrong um, take place in this in a more like external fa- factor, um, just because it's like a um, obviously, yeah, don't eat that, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like don't don't do those things. It's it, you know, obviously they don't this, understand what you're yeah. socket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously, they don't necessarily you know when they're you know, uh, you know, under one, they don't quite understand those things. They understand more like how you physically react to them. The fact that you are talking to them, right? you know, things like that is, is really where it all comes at. Like 
this isn't the stage that you're going to give big life lessons to, obviously. Right? Like, they're just, they're, you know, <laughs> and if you, if you try, they're just going to look at you and smile because you're talking to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, babies are just, that's all they want. They just want that connection of the eyes. They want the touch and the feel. Right. Yeah. That's why when you're in the hospital, they, they want to do skin to skin with mom and, well, and things like that. Well, yeah. that's, that's the hope, obviously, <laughs> but like, that's just, you know, it's all about that. It's all very external. It's the touch. It's the feel. It's the sight. It's the taste in some situations. Cause yeah. it's, it's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things I've had to say that I never thought I'd say, you know, in my lifetime. Like, don't lick the dog. Yeah. That, yeah. Never thought. And if you don't have kids, sounds totally weird and, uh, <laughs> and that people don't understand. And you're like, where, where are my parents at? Y'all get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Parents definitely understand. Um, the, the weird statements, um, that come out of, uh, out of all that stuff. Kids are uh, hilarious, man. Oh, <laughs> kids are really funny. Um, so then your next stage of life. So this is going to be from ages one to nine. So this is where you're more of like a commander in their life. Um, so you're more of authoritative, uh, authoritative, uh, you're leading, you're grace filled. Okay. That's the the big one. That men. Yep. Yeah. So authoritative. Speaking to myself. Leading. <laughs> yes. Same here. Uh, but we're grace filled in all of this, right? So this isn't meaning that you're blowing up on them every time they do something wrong, right? Like we got to show love and grace, but we're also doing a lot of correction and there's a lot of redirection and a whole lot of explaining that happens in this stage <laughs> right i just took a deep breath y'all couldn't see me yeah you you will repeat yourself a lot a, more than 20 times you you got out good <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fair yeah so in this stage of child development you are the benevolent dictator so the major foundations of development happen during these years right and so um, from from the age of one to nine, you are continually teaching and training, right? We're repeating. We're con- constantly giving the concepts and the big things, and we're constantly having those conversations and misdirecting, and there's going to, you know, you're going to have to discipline, and you're going to have to be in there for that. We talked about that, <laughs> last you know, time, last yeah. time. Um, but this is, you do want them to listen and obey. Here's the thing. You can't reason with a three-year-old. Oh, man. It ain't going to happen. But some of them are good. <laughs> All right. My, my daughter, my daughter. Hey, that's my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My daughter is my little lawyer. And so I'll be like, I'm going to give you the option. Here's option A, option B. And my daughter in her little brain will build this option three out of the two to get what she wants. (laughs) But when she gives you option three, that that is not your option. She's like, but this, and you're like, well, man, that makes a lot of sense though. (laughs) She's not wrong. And then it's like, Oh man, if you, if if you dads out there have kids like that, I'm sorry. I know what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I definitely, I definitely do. Um, Olivia was definitely like that, where it would be like, you can have either this or this. And she's like, 
or we could do this. And I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say no, and then they'll break down the reasons. And you're like, hmm. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point, but, <laughs> but, but still ain't happening. <laughs> you got two choices. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So you can't reason with a three-year-old. Not, not really. Their reasoning skills—they just don't have them. No, you know, no, not, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, you know, they can't see the big picture. They don't see all the elements and the and factors that come along with it. Um, uh, you know, but because of this, also. Like, you are going to teach a lot of things in this. And obviously, like, my eight-year-old can do, you know, several chores on her own and can do those things. Whereas my three-year-old, I still have to do chores with her, right? Like, yeah. if, I, if I, I can't just say, hey, pick up your toys, she's not going to. She's going to play with them. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. not going, you know, so if I want the toys picked up, then I'm going to get in the floor with her and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it into a game, whatever, you know, where, hey, we're going to toss the blocks into the into, into this, the you know. And... Right. And so that's teaching those concepts. You know, obviously, this eight, there's a huge age gap here where there's a lot of like growth and development mentally and physically yeah. in this age gap. But it still is all kind of the same the way you go about it and that there is a constant state of training and and teaching and doing all of these things. Um you know, but then you get into the next, the next, uh, age group here. So on the next age group, it gets a little easier to an extent. To an extent. To an extent. It's, you know, so the next age is all about being a coach, um, for your kids. So you're sharpening, you're clarifying. You're also still doing a lot of repeating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is 10 to 14, so you're hitting that teenager stage. So right. you have the, the teenager don't listen to nothing stage starting. Uh-huh. So a lot of repeating in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the previous age group, a lot of the repeating was is like repeating on, hey, you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Whereas this is more like, the repeating is more of clarification, right? This is why we do this. Right. This is why we do this. Because now they're starting to understand the concepts of the why we're doing something as opposed to the previous stage where they're, you know, they haven't got there yet. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And so. A hundred percent. No, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So 100%. Um, so in this stage, it's less demanding, right? Like I said, it's, it's, it's less just mentally and physically exhausting to an extent. Obviously, this is more, they do have the ability to reason and they do have, they have their own mind and their thinking. And so the conversations can get a little bit more intense, right? You know, but ultimately, like it's less demanding and more helping them make the right decisions. So you're more of a coach, it, you know, like obviously there's some situations where you just say, Hey, this is what we're going to do, you know, but ultimately you want to put them in a place where they can make good decisions. Yeah, but also this is, this is a stage where because they can make those decisions is sometimes they're going to fail. And sometimes we have to let them fail. You can't yeah. make the decision for them. Even if you know what's going to happen, sometimes you have to let them make that decision. And you dads just speaking to me here is, is <laughs> the first thing that you do in that 
when they fail shouldn't be a I told you so and if you would have did this like I told you it should be more of a, a you you be there to to be a coach for them like let them tell you what they saw what they felt and and how they can correct that and and save the lesson for later right I think that's a, a big thing that a lot of us dads struggle with is is we immediately go into the lesson. Oh, you fell off your chair after I told you to stop leaning back a hundred times. It, <laughs> that's not the time to be like, I told you so. Right. It's the time to be like, are you okay? And I struggle with that huge. I can, I can, I can see my wife looking at me right now with her, her eyes when my daughter does something and she's like, I'm mouthing right now. Ask her if, you, if she's okay. And I'm, cause I immediately go to the, I've already told you. And I think right. this is that stage where, Yes, you've already told them. They're smart enough to know that you already told them. Sometimes we have to let them fail. And then they will get to those good decisions if you've been in, been implanting that the right. whole time. Yeah, and let them, you know, allowing them to fail um, is going to help them grow, is going to teach them a lot of things. But also being there to help guide that and teach that and coach that, you know, coach that out, you know, once again, this isn't critiquing. This isn't telling them that you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you right. did this wrong, right? Um, this is, you know, this is more about like, hey, this is what happened. You did this. These are the consequences when you do this thing. You know, maybe next time let's think about, right? So the conversation just needs to flow different, right? Every single one of these stages where, where the first one, you know, or the last one says, like, being grace filled every single stage you need to be grace filled yeah that doesn't stop just because no. they get older <laughs> no absolutely not every stage you have to be grace filled um but also in this stage this is where you kind of teach the whole like pay now and play later this is you're going to teach a lot of work ethic in this stage of life where mm -hmm. beforehand it was more of like okay let's kind of work on like the thought process of i need to clean this up because of this where this is like okay we're gonna do we're gonna do things we're gonna work hard because mm -hmm. when we work hard this is these are the things that can happen in life when we do work hard right. and we put forth effort um and then then we get to our next stage here which this one's more about just kind of being like the counselor right this is where you're going to give wisdom advice but you also need to release them i'm, yes, I'm pausing for effect here yeah. <laughs> because that's a big one yeah. you need to be able to release them um if there are any ladies that are listening to this podcast um don't you know uh, what's the best way to say this <laughs> so think about this yeah right, right 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 so here's the thing if there are any ladies that have listened to this podcast just you know out of curiosity or whatever it is don't don't allow the invisible umbilical cord to stay attached okay and that's for and dads as well this, right this well and that's too. right that's for dads as well even though we don't have like that's not part of the birthing right. process for right. us but in in the concept in the metaphorically yeah. way that we can have that issue of yes. of letting especially with daughters if you have daughters allowing them to go out and allowing other 
boys to pursue them. No. You know, right. <laughs> right. Hard like, pass. Obviously, but we're talking, obviously this is ages 15 to 18. So right. dating and stuff is, is, it's in the thought process, but it's not a forefront or at least it shouldn't be. Right. Um, right. you know, thought process just because in this age they can't get married yet. We teach in our house that you date to marry. Right. That's, you know, that's how we go about that whole dating thing. Like if, if you aren't in an age where you can get married, then why are you dating somebody? Yeah, and this this one goes to eighteen, so you're you're hitting that right. You're hitting that graduation stage where, depending on if they go to college or what they want to do with their life, they're gonna they're gonna be leaving anyway. I did right. I, yeah, I, did. I think most kids, at least within. You know, typically by the time they're twenty or twenty-one. I don't know, man. Today's age, <laughs> well, twenty-five-year-olds like okay. just hanging out at home. Let me let me kind of also reference. Let's put some kind of Bible knowledge and scripture to this as well. <laughs> okay, um, technically, for for men, young men who are learning to be men, uh, they kind of were released from their home like as soon as they entered adulthood. That wasn't necessarily the case with daughters. They didn't really release daughters from the home until a man came in and married her. Right. And then she left her mother and father and went to him. Right. And he also, you know, he should have already been doing that and producing and, and, um, going out and taking dominion in the world. Right. So those are just things that a man should already be doing and should already be, you know, a hardworking success, you know, successful, to an extent, right? Obviously, we're not expecting, you know, every person to become a millionaire before they get married and have everything, you know, well, you're not going to be able to, you know, to have everything in place, right? Because, uh, I've said this many, many times. There's two things you'll never truly be ready for, and that's marriage and kids. It's true. <laughs> you'll never truly be ready for those things. Um, but you can be prepared for those things. Um, and I do, you know, and I definitely do believe that as men, that's something we, we should strive for is to be prepared for when those things come along. And in this age, in this age and group here for the young men that we're, you know, that we, we're giving wisdom to and advising and things like that, that's something that we need to talk about, right? The work ethic should already be kind of built inside of them, you know? Um, but maybe in this one, it's more like, hey, let's get out there. We're going to give some wisdom. We're going to advise, but we're going to release. We're going to make sure that like they're obviously not going to be in any type of danger or anything right, like that. Not right. that kind of release, <laughs> right? <laughs> like don't completely go away, right? Like right. you're not completely hands off at this point in time, at least not yet. Uh, the next stage, you kind of get a lot more hands, like your hands are off and they're just kind of doing their thing as right. an adult. Um, this, but it, this counselor stage is that stage where you hope you, you did a, you, I don't want to say you did enough cause it's not like, Oh, checking off boxes. Like, did I do enough to do this or anything like that? But right. what I'm saying, this is the stage where depending on how you handled all the stages before you can't be a counselor if your kids don't come to you. Yeah. And, and don't want you in their life. And they're teen, it, this is 15 to 18, so they're teenagers. So they're obviously, most teenagers aren't, aren't very talkative to their parents or, or very open with their parents. But you hope that you built the relationship enough to where even while they're that typical teenager, when the, when the moment comes that they're going to be like, I can go to my parents. 
about Mm -hmm. this. And then this is where you step in as that counselor to give that advice and, and, and move forward with that. Right. You know, but ultimately the goal is we want them to move from dependence on us toward independence or dependence on Christ is, is what we're trying to teach in this stage and, and want to push them towards like, Hey, like the things that you do and the choices that you make, need to be led by Christ, need to be, you know, led, you know, by God to make those right choices. Um, and we're going to give wisdom to that. And that's what, how we're going to advise him. And so, but then the last stage here, uh, where you're just a cheerleader and a consultant, right? Like at this point in time, you're pretty much hands off. Like your, your kids are going to, you know, unless they ask really for your advice about a certain thing, yeah. um, it's really like it's one of those things like you just kind of let them do you let them make their choices you cheer for them like we're we're gonna root for our kids uh for the adult kids yeah um we're gonna cheer loud right like be up there and be encouraging and and when they do great things when you know they get uh promotions in their jobs when they do those things like let's cheer loud uh when they get married when they uh start having kids let's not make this out to be like it's a burden or or an issue like let's cheer loud and support and encourage you know these situations and so um obviously if your kid asks for advice you can give him advice um and you know that's where the whole consultant thing comes on it doesn't mean just like all right you're on your own i don't got to be a parent no more like you're still a parent right you're still a parent (laughs) and i'm sure the whole concept of you know like worrying and having anxiety and wanting them to be okay it's still gonna be there no that'll always be there yeah i I mean i'll I'll be 40 this year and I, i know my mom still does so yeah 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 and i'm sure my mom does as well um when you do give advice i also want you to understand that if you are a dad listening to this and you have adult children your kids are not required to take your advice yes like they're not required to take your advice okay like you can give advice if they ask for advice and they can say that's great, but I think I don't think we're gonna do it that way. Great, awesome. Yeah. Tell you know let you know if you guys need my help on anything, let me know. Yeah, you can't. That's that point where you can't start holding it against your kids and be mad at your kids because like you gave them advice and they need to do it that way. Like at that point, it's their choice too, and you still need to be loving, caring, accepting, mm-hmm. graceful. You're the the consultant and the cheerleader and and. And just being there for your kids, they don't have to take your advice. No. I, I think a lot of parents don't, I won't say they don't get that concept. Just a lot of parents, I feel like the way they express their love is, is sometimes it's like, I'm asking you for advice. You're giving me advice. And then you get mad at me if I don't take your advice. But it, it goes back to uh, the 10 through 14. Sometimes we got to fail even in adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I think a lot of issues that I see um you know just overall is you know parents I think have a hard time getting out of the coaching stage, the 10 through 14 stage. They kind of get there and they want to stay there. Yeah. And it's hard to and this is where the whole releasing thing 
comes from. And that's why it's very important to be able to release the kids and be able to set them free into making their own decisions and make it, whether, whether they're dumb or not. And I understand that you have more experience <laughs> and, and it's probably going to fail, you know, because you tried it and it didn't work, <laughs> you know, right? But that's one of those things that, Give them the advice. If they say, hey, we're not going to do it that way, say, that's all right. And then move on, yep. you know, from it. There's no need to be hostility there, that, you yes. know, or any of that stuff. Um, just they're adults. They can make their own decisions, and we need to allow them to do that. Um, but if they don't heed our advice, when they've asked for advice, then they're going to reap whatever the consequences are that they reap or or they're going to teach you something cuz maybe right? they figure something out that's that's absolutely true um and so right just because it failed on your behalf and you you know had to learn a hard lesson doesn't always necessarily mean that it's going to turn out that same way right. for them and so um but as your voice changes from season to season it's imperative we train the winning thoughts and so the bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he right or other verses you know what comes out of the mouth is is what was in the heart and so um so now we're gonna you know we have all of our stages listed out um and now we're going to talk about five ways to produce winners um so obviously number one encourage your kids that's a big one that's that's it's the main one right <laughs> yes right um we want to be encouragers we want to cheer for them um it goes back to the last one magnify the good yeah absolutely and you know one thing that that really kind of it kind of broke my heart recently was um and it's interesting how how this all plays out but um, we went to a, a baseball game with some friends and we were, you know, we were up there cheering and, you know, getting hyped every time a big play happened. And when the, you know, it didn't matter which kid it was, right? Like if it was their team made, made a big play, we were cheering loud. It wasn't just like we cheered for just his kid. Right. You know, we were cheering for everybody. Like the team is doing really well and we were out there cheering. Um, and having a good time and, you know, and you can tell like the kids just performed better, right? When we were doing that. Um, but then the next, I guess the next game that they had, uh, so one of the families had an older daughter who played soccer and had asked, uh, the, our friend that we went to go, you know, see their son play baseball, um, they had asked her friend, like, hey, do you, would you guys be willing to come to our soccer game? Because nobody cheers at our soccer games. And we really love that you cheer at these games, and we want people to cheer for us at our soccer games. And I thought to myself, man, how sad is that? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like... I My was dad like, wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, how like sad is that? That you're just, like, I don't understand that, like... I don't understand how you couldn't be excited when they make a good play. Like, are you so like distracted by what's on your phone or distracted by the other parents that you can't pay attention and like cheer or, you know, but then at the same time, like, 
I've also heard on the other side of that where people like are almost like upset that parents are getting too hyped yeah. for their kids. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm going to be super hyped, <laughs> like annoyingly so, regardless, just because I want to encourage my kids, right? And it's just crazy. Now, obviously, our, you know, the friend that, that we have, they did go to their game and really enjoyed it. But that was one thing that afterwards I asked him how it went. And he was like, it was just weird that nobody cheered nobody did anything like they just watched the game and just sat there i'm like that is just such a foreign thought (laughs) as someone who was raised with sports and like all of us played sports my dad played sports i will say just in general for whatever reason kids outdoor soccer other than like a few parents that are screaming and yelling most most people in that sport, for whatever reason, they don't. Just and so I don't know what it is because, like, baseball, the parents are getting hyped. Football, like, I'm oh, I'm yeah. sorry. When my son <laughs> plays football, I get I get rowdy myself. Um, but, yeah, so indoor soccer, super loud. Outdoor soccer, I've noticed it's only a few parents that really why. do. And I don't know what it is. Huh. That is a very strange thing. It, like I said, it's just such a foreign thought to me just because, you know, I grew up playing sports as well. And, you know, I remember, like, I played, you know, high school football and I was a starter and, like, I would make a big play and the crowd would go crazy and my mom would be louder than everybody else and I could still hear my mom over the whole crowd <laughs> just because, it, like, that's just our family was loud and boisterous and, like, but we were going to cheer, like, regardless of whether we were losing or not. Like, we're just, we're going to be hyped about it. And so encouraging the kids, it really does make a difference in your kids' attitude, right? And in, like, just how your kids feel and, um, you know, and it does show them love when you are encouraging. Because um, obviously there was, there was a situation where the little girl was like, she you could tell she didn't feel very loved because nobody was like even excited to be there like she felt like it was just kind of like why are we here right Right. like and so but but i will i will say to that because not everybody is like a sports right family or and if your kids do want to play sports like you're you're not gonna be the crazy loud cheering parent (laughs) let me just i read this once and i was like whoa blew my mind So in that one to nine stage, um, just at home, if your kid shows you a drawing that they did or a coloring they did, the the study was saying, like, just giving them a high five, like looking at them, making sure they see you and giving them a high five was like more epic of praise than anything else, because it was like acknowledged all their senses in that moment. So Mm -hmm. they they can see you, they can sense you. You give them the high five and like high fives to kids are, are a really good thing. And I was right. like, so even if you're not this crazy loud parent that's going <laughs> to go scream and yell for your kids, like just a high five sometimes is mm-hmm. more than enough for your kids, especially if they're in that one to nine stage. Right. Uh, yes. And but the reason why we want to do this is obviously because we want our kids to have like not just positive self-esteem, but like we want them to understand how God sees them. Um, we, you know, cause the way that God views us 
and the love that he has for us is on a whole nother level than we could ever truly imagine. But we want them to be able to see that. And that'll drastically improve their confidence and self-esteem. Um, but then, you know, we want them to understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Um, and we want them to believe God has a purpose and a plan for their life. And that they're just not an accident, right? We're going to give them an identity in Christ, and that's where they can find their identity. Um, and yes, I am pretty specifically referring to our identity crisis that we have around the whole world. This isn't just an American thing. Uh, this is an issue around the whole world. The UN is all about this this push um for your identity um and what you identify as <laughs> but the thing is is ultimately god has made us in a very specific way and he made us that way for a very big reason and for a purpose and we want them to have you know the self-esteem that comes from god and to understand that they are made fearfully and wonderfully and that they are just they're awesome and uh, and we want to communicate that they have been given gifts to develop and use and help people, right? Yeah. Like, and we want to make sure that we fuel their attempts with healthy, balanced encouragement. And so, healthy encouragement is directive and detailed, and not just fluff. That's another thing as well. Is you know, me as a. Um, you know, a uh, uh, words of affirmation person. <laughs> it's really easy for me to just be like, you're awesome, high five, right. and random moments, you know, things like that. And a lot of it, you know, is just me kind of fluffing and just kind of being out there and just being, you know, annoying dad as it is, right? You know, but there are definitely going to be times where I have to sit down and be like, you did an amazing job at so this, this, and this. Yeah. Right. Those so, specific moments. Yes, is is really what this is kind of referring to. Right. Um, yeah. And so, number two, uh, we're going to expand the comfort zone. Oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's very uncomfortable mm. to expand the, un- the comfort zone. Um, so, obviously, safety and protection isn't the only major focus for dads in relation to their children, but you know, it's our job to expand their comfort zone. Let's push them outside of that comfort zone. Um, don't be a helicopter parent. Let them do some, make some, once again, make, let them make some stupid decisions. They got to fail. And, uh, the, the quicker they can get used to failing and then turning that failure into a win, the better off they're going to be. Failing means you tried. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been one to teach my my kids, um, especially my older daughters, obviously, that I want I don't really necessarily care how well they do in whatever they do. I just want to see that they've put forth effort like that's all I really care to see. I want to see the effort that they have. And so but. That also requires that little push outside the comfort yeah. zone. We're going to push a little bit. Um, but our goal is to help them take that next step. Um, and so the hope is that one day, you know, if they choose Christ, that the Holy Spirit is going to be one that will do that, 
right? So right. It, it, this is kind of where it gets into um, the whole cheerleader council counselor or consultant, sorry, uh, stage is where we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do a lot of that work. But the more that that we've kind of been in that step and in that kind of pushing them outside of the comfort zone, the easier it is going to be for them to allow the Holy Spirit to push them outside of that comfort zone. Right. And obviously the Holy Spirit is going to do a way better job <laughs> than we ever <laughs> than we could. Ever could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you know, it, Holy Spirit's God. So he just <laughs> kind of is much better, <laughs> you know, but kind of right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Just, just, just a little, a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but it, you know, until that time comes though, we are the ones to raise that bar a little higher and a little bit higher, but also believe that they can reach those goals, right? We don't want to have unrealistic expectations. I'm not going to expect my three-year-old to, to load the dishwasher. I mean, you could expect it. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point. Is that that's too high of a bar, obviously, right? You know, but my 10-year-old, she can, right. right? And teaching her how to start doing her laundry, that's something that she can learn to do right now. Right. Um, like those type of things is like, okay, obviously we're going to, we're going to raise the bar a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And we're going to push, but we're going to encourage them. Like you can do this. Right. Um, and just, and have, and have your verbiage as a dad of positive, like you can. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> I, I, every dad is guilty of using negative verbiage of, I don't think you can do that yet. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> uh, I guess I can say that if certain things is, yeah. my wife tells me a lot that I'm, a, I can be a negative person just in general. Mm-hmm. And the way my brain works is I, I, I'm an overthinker. So I think of every scenario, that, even yes. that 99% of them aren't going to happen. <laughs> right. So then when something comes up, I'm like, yeah, but this or this or that or this or that. And it's like, stop being so negative. And it's like, uh, so, yeah. 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 Changing the verbiage to a, a verbiage of I can, we can do this. Uh, we can win. Yeah. Right. Like. Even if they fail, they didn't truly fail. They still won because they learned something. They learned something. Right? Yes. Like learning to win in failure is a big thing. Like failure, you know. So, but obviously, if if they're going to school, like we homeschool our kids, but they still they still have friends here at church and things like that. But you know, teaching them to stay on the team even when they don't feel like they want to be on the team, like encouraging that, not letting you know. Like my dad was big on that one. Yeah, like if you're gonna commit to something, yeah. commit to it. He's like, you don't have to do it next year, but you gonna finish this one. Yep. I, I wanted to play baseball one year. I took a line drive to the face, and he was like, you gonna finish the season? It's <laughs> like reluctantly, but you're yeah, gonna, but do you're do gonna it. finish it. You don't got to play again, but you finishing this one, right? You, you told a team you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there. Yep. So yep, and not letting them quit. Right. Yep. Yeah, and then also like. You know, making them say hello to their friends, treat their friends kindly. If you see your kids acting out towards their friends, call it out, right? Like this is how we treat people, you know. And 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 I'm guilty of this one, which is kind of silly that I would that I say this, but it's like when I'm like, hey, we shouldn't treat you know people this way, especially your friends. That's kind of silly if you think about it. Like we should just shouldn't treat people yeah. like that. There should <laughs> there be no, no emphasis like, <laughs> on any. Yeah, but there's really no difference. Like if it's friends. 
family or strangers. We just shouldn't treat people this way, you know, but for some reason, like, I'm so bad about that. Like, especially. <laughs> no, I'm but, a... but I, I think the reason we do that is because that relates to the kids more, like, Probably, especially your yeah. friends. And it's like, that's their tight knit group of people that they have. They're the ones that, that, when they're not talking to you, they're talking to these people. So I think yeah. as parents, that's why we emphasize, uh, especially your friends, even though, like you said, it's, it's, you could remove matter. that because yeah. it shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, but dads, you know, we are there to help increase what God has given them. Um, so then number three, uh, we're going to embrace responsibility. So we're going to teach them to embrace responsibilities. Uh, so winners are made, not born. Um, those who embrace responsibility will be more prepared for life than those who just show up and want to be a part of it, right? Like, life doesn't give partic- participation trophies, right? No. I know schools do, but life doesn't. No, life doesn't care who life you are. Th- absolutely not. Um, participation trophies, honestly, it shouldn't. it's one of those things like, it probably shouldn't annoy me as much as it does. Dude, but I'm right there with you. But it's one of those things that I'm like, yeah, like, did they truly deserve that trophy, right? Yeah. Did they truly deserve but that then it, award? But it also takes away from the winners because then what's the point of trying? Because I, right. I, I, what, what did I win? You got the same thing. Right. Yeah. So the people who do actually work hard and put forth the effort and we're not talking about like people with you know obviously there are people out there with natural born talent for things right but i'd still once again somebody who's gonna put you can have natural born talent and be as as lazy as all get out but like yeah you might see them play on the field like a football player you might see them play Till about high school, and then they're just not going to play because they're going to be benched the whole time because they don't have the work ethic. Right? Because coaches aren't going to care about their natural born talent at that point in time. Coaches care more. Um, as a coach, we should, you know, care more about the ethic, the work ethic that they have, and the, just their character that they have. You know, besides just a natural born talent. Um, and if you got both. If you got both, that's, that's, that's the awesome. people that make the NFL and the NBA, okay? Right. <laughs> like, that's well, just, um, mostly, you know. But it is. Let's put an asterisk on that one. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it, like, it is extremely hard to find somebody with natural born talent, but also the drive to work hard, right? Yeah. Like, it's, you typically yeah. have Not one or the other. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> there, there's a reason why. Kobe yeah. is where he's, you know, obviously he's not alive anymore, right. but, you know, he built, the, you know, that life because of that work ethic. But we could say that about several other, like, star athletes right. or actors or musicians and things like that. Like, people who change how music is done were people who had the work ethic and played their music, right? right. They didn't, you know, and so... um but of course, obviously, some children, you know, once again, they have more talent than the others. Um, but work beats talent, uh, anytime. So whatever our kids sign up for, it should be fun, but also there should be some responsibility they are learning in order to, 
to participate in it, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that we do and everything we put our kids into, they should be learning um, and and participating, like being there. They're not just showing up, like they're putting forth that effort. And so, you know, making sure that they, they get dressed the way that they're supposed to, you know, uh, that they find their soccer cleats. They're going to show up ready <laughs> and on time. Um, they're going to study. They're going to, you know, whether it's, you know, read some books, whatever it is. But this is whole goes back to got to push them outside of that comfort zone right. a little bit. Right. Yep. Like and giving them responsibility and let them have, you know, reap some consequences, bad or good, from what they choose to do. On, on a lot of this. And so number four, um, we're going to, you know, express failure is never final, right? We right. briefly mentioned that failure, you know, you can still win even when you fail. Right. Like, and so losing is a necessary part of winning. Um, I, I don't know. I've seen this so many times before where I, whether you know, it's professional sports, uh, or like, you know, I'm really big. I really like watching, um, like pro video game players in the leagues and things like that. Right. It's, you know, just cause I'm, a, I like playing video games and it's just insane to watch these guys. So yeah. you know, but I have seen time and time and time again where, uh, you know, a, a young person comes in and they're just winning and winning and winning and they'll win like two or three championships in a row and, and then they lose and they just can't get back on no. track. No, they right? get the yips. Yeah, right? Like they no. just can't ever get themselves back to where they are because if you don't ever experience loss, you can't truly experience what it's like to win. To win. And, and work and hard. Have for your that. work ethic, because then th- when you lose, that's where you put the work ethic. Like, why did I lose? What What do I need to do? What did mm-hmm. I learn from that? And, yeah. and moving and moving that forward, you know, losing means you tried, and trying is never truly a fail. Right. That means that you attempted it, and sometimes you're going to fail multiple times, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Whether we win or whether we lose character is always built in those things you know whether it's bad or good character right however we we react to those things however our kids react to those things character is going to be built one way or the other um you know but that also doesn't mean that we as dads are okay with losing right like we want to make winners so we don't want to just harp on this whole it's okay to lose it's okay to lose it's okay to lose we should always push how can we win from this loss right right that's where that lesson comes in it's like okay Mm -hmm. we lost it's okay what did we learn right and losing sometimes hurts and it's definitely not fun to lose no no (laughs) nowhere in there did i say losing was fun no 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 absolutely not (laughs) you know and but it's one of those things like like you said right you know losing helps us can either break us right to where we just can't get back on track because the character we built wasn't a strong character but those who build strong characters that have fortitude and are you know have integrity and are courageous and those type of things um those are the the ones that are going to take the losses and say hey 
okay, yeah, we, we could have done better here, here, and here, and if we would have changed these things, we definitely would have won this this game, and then let's take this information to the next game, and let's make it better. Let's get better. Let's take right. those small steps. And this is for everything, not just sports. Yeah. It's just easy to relate things well, to sports, this, especially for men. This, and sports and those type of like, com- competitions and social events, things like that, is is what our kids are doing right now. And, you know, obviously, as dad, you know, as dads and our work, whatever we do with work, it's the same thing, right? right? Like, we should always strive to be winners in our work, no matter what you're doing for work. And no matter how you feel about your work, you should always strive to win, right? A person who has a a godly character, a character that's been, you know, shaped by God is going to give their best no matter how terrible of a job it may be. They're still going to show up, you know, early. They're going to do their job. They're going to do it well. And if and if they, you know, have to learn some stuff, that's what they're going to take the effort to learn. And you're going to actually teach your kids a lot if you do that as well. Um, Which but, goes back to you. You're going to you got to do all these things, too. Yeah. For yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the big one. Um, we have to refuse to blame others. And, and, and this time I'm talking to you, dads. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it is so easy to get in the mindset of it wasn't my fault that this happened. Right? Like, And sometimes it might not be. Well. But. True. I mean, there are some situations that are just beyond your control but that's where your character comes in is do you immediately go to the blame of the others or do you look at the situation and be like well yes but we could have still did this or that and and maybe still got the same outcome but but it it goes back to the character of how are you going to look at it because if you're immediately going to to blame others for mistakes then you're going to just continuously do that throughout your life and your kids are going to see that and that they're going to immediately start doing that too. Oh, well, dad, well, this. And then you have no argument at that point Yeah, to, to help your kids. Right. And But blaming others is something that is, like I said, even as adults, it's so easy to kind of drop into that and and want to... And we teach our kids that when we do that as well, when we're complaining about things and we're... And it's like, oh, if this person would just do their job for once, then maybe everything would be better. That's teaching your kids something. You know, I get that you're frustrated. (laughs) I get it. Um, But you're teaching your kids those things. Um, So, but, you know, if your kids miss a kick, strike out, totally miss a catch, get a bad grade, um, fail a test, whatever it may be, we're there to help them get back up with encouragement you know, when they fall down and hurt themselves, but we're here to also kind of push them into that next level. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Hey, let's encourage them. Hey, you did really, really good job, you know, and this is what I saw and be very specific about the things, which means let's pay attention. Let's be attentive. Right. So be very specific. Like even if they lose, like, Hey, you did a really good job on these things, these things, and these things. And then maybe, you know, and depending on, 
how kind of like emotionally driven your child is. Right. It may be okay in that moment to kind of talk about things that they could have done better because some kids are just, they're just okay with that. Right. right? Like they're just mentally, they can, you know, they don't. Handle it. Yeah. They can handle that. Like, okay, you're right. I could have done, you know, but there are some kids who just need, Hey, let's give them a second to kind of calm down and maybe like the next day or something like that. Like, Hey, we're about to go to practice right for your next competition or your next whatever Whatever it is like okay so this is some some stuff that you did wrong let's work on that during this next practice right and so but there are times that we do just we just have to acknowledge the hurt and the pain and the embarrassment of the loss um but after that moment we're gonna we're gonna keep going so number five um we're going to elevate getting better rather than being the best, um, which we've kind of already stated a couple of times yeah. in this is we want to push our kids to just take the small steps to get better. Right. Um, we don't want it to take a pro- the approach that winning doesn't matter, you know, but we also don't want to put unnecessary pressure on our kids to be the best. Right. Right. We talked about this. I, I don't think it was the last one, but the one before about how, like, in the 80s, there was that slew of movies that was all about the over abrasive dad that was like, you're going to do the best. You have to be the best. Right. Like Breakfast right. Club. Right. <laughs> one of my all time favorite movies. <laughs> right. But that was a that Friday was, Night Lights. It, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. But that was one of those things. Like we see that in in movies and stuff like we don't. Well, that's not the dad that we're, we're meant to be. That's not our purpose as right. dads, you know, but we also don't want to be the dads that's super passive and be like, it's okay, buddy. Try harder next time. <laughs> right. Like that's also not okay. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I heard something and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause everybody knows the practice makes perfect. And we got to practice, practice, practice. And then somebody was, I don't even know what it was for. I just, saw this little piece of whatever they were talking about and he was like no practice makes better yeah like and and i think that's what this is kind of saying is we want to get better we don't we don't necessarily want to strive for being the best in this like obviously if you're if you're zone focused in on whatever it is you're doing like yes you probably want to be the best of that that's not what we're saying at all like if you want to be the best of something, by all means, go go do that. But what we're saying is is in the more generalized term of your kid's life is is we just want to get better. Mm-hmm. And and in that, maybe you'll help your kid find the area where they want to try to be the best at something or or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, as we strive to be like great dads and all of this, you know, we do want to show you know, our kids, how to, how to get better. Um, we want to make it fun rather than hard, right? Like, let's not make this a chore. Let's, let's make this fun. However, you know, be creative in that. Take some time to think about it. Um, but if, you know, for being honest, most of our sons and daughters, they're not going to go to the WNBA or the NBA, the NFL. They're not going to go play professional sports, like they're not, but teaching them how to little by little make, you know, become better is going to go into the workforce. It's right. going to go into them being parents and serving on a team at their church and, you know, all right. aspects of life 
are going to be improved by this basic concept of a little at a time. We're going to work to be better at what we do. Right. And because we're just not going to be perfect at anything. Right. right. Like, cause we're humans, you know, only God is perfect. Um, you know, you mentioned the whole, like practice makes perfect. I used to have a, um, uh, I, I briefly played baseball. Wasn't my sport. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those ones. I finished the season and went and played football. I was much better there. Um, but I, the coach that we used to have all the time, he actually would say, listen, um, you know, we never say practice, practice makes perfect because the only way that happened is if, per, if we had perfect practice. Only perfect right. practice makes perfect. We right. can't do that. <laughs> you know, and so it was this very similar concept that he would teach as well of like practice just makes us better. Right. We're going to continue to be better. And so, um, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap this up. And, um, you know, these last five, you know, five podcasts have just been really exciting to kind of see, you know, see all you guys listening. Um, you know, be sure if y'all have questions, if y'all have comments, um, whatever, if you, if you have even like some advice, obviously my oldest, my oldest is 10 and so he hasn't really moved into those teenage years and say if you're listening to this and you have teenagers i want as much as <laughs> advice as you can give me yeah, <laughs> you this, know this is how we get better right you know so reach out seriously uh email us at dadologytheology at gmail.com um we would love to hear from you guys with you know and and we will respond you know once we once we receive something um it would just be really cool to to hear from you guys um yeah it would it, it really would yeah um and so but we're excited uh the our next set uh series i guess you know whatever we want to call it yeah this it. is this is kind of like season 1 we wrapped yeah, it up we wrapped oh up dude season 1 can, can you believe <laughs> no 10 weeks ago yeah it's crazy we were still just talking about doing this and and yeah. now we're like quote unquote season one season one is is, is done is, is wrapped up yeah um you know it's been it's been we've learned so much from these first five. <laughs> oh yeah that's something i wanted you know if you're if you're a new dad you're a new christian you're newer to any of this stuff and you hear us talking about these things just know that we're not perfect no. i'm air quoting here and we're not doing all these things Right. These are all things that that we're learning, things that we've been given, like like Luke said earlier, our, our pastor wrote this content. So these are concepts that we've been given and we're working through how do we implement these in our kids' life? How do we implement these in our life? How do we make these changes? And and we're going to fail. I fail all the time. <laughs> Right. At, at these I things well. so i don't want anybody listening to be like oh man these guys just got it and and i'm i can't i can't do any of that because i'm not i'm not there right. yet and it's like no no we, we're not either <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're, we're just be encouraged working. in the fact that we're still going through all these things we're still learning all these things and we're still trying to put these things together and we still fail fail every day Right. And and it's just like the concepts that we talked about in this lesson, you know, as we're trying to teach our kids of how to get better and how to win, we're learning as dads, like how to win as a dad. Like right. these are some amazing concepts and some good practical things to do 
that we just definitely don't do perfect every single time. We're, you know, we're not going to. Right. Um, so we're just regular dads trying to get it all figured out as well. Like I said, I've got a kid who's coming into that 10 to 14 age group there that I'm like, man, I'm, uh, like I'm learning so much from this and then every single time <laughs> each kid it gets a little bit easier but because I'm learning <laughs> you know and so that's why I said like if you're if you're a dad listening to this and you have teenagers or even adult kids um, that you've already went to these stages I would love to hear from you guys and I would love to kind of see what your comments are and what your thoughts are on all this and if you have some some you know specific advice like it would be awesome to hear yeah. those things I would love to just Send take it, it all in yeah once again, uh, dadologytheology at gmail.com. Um, definitely send us that. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, season, uh, season one's complete. Yeah. Gonna start moving into season two, which we're gonna really start diving into what the Bible says about mental health. Um, so this one's a big one. It, it is a big one. And it may ruffle some feathers, and yep. I get that, but once again, we're gonna teach what scripture says regardless. Because what scripture is good and it will edify us and it can you can beat any mental health issue that's there. And I know you can because God heals. Now he may allow you know, he may allow us to go through a season of these things to grow us, but God does heal, and that we can conquer these things, and this isn't something that you have to necessarily go to a therapist for 30 40 years and never get any better that's right. not working right we wouldn't right. do that in a regular doctor's for other illnesses but yet we do that for mental illnesses and so we really want to dive into what scripture talks about with all of that and we really want to do that so we're excited to kind of work start working into that um i think it'll be just really good and really helpful um and once again would love some feedback you know from you guys on that so i'm going to pray for everybody um, real quick. And so, Lord, God, we just come before you today just praying for all the dads that listen to this, or just all the people that listen to this, Lord, that they see you and that they hear your words, God. And when we speak scripture and when we talk about scripture and when we quote scripture and God, we just we just know that your word never goes void um, on anything, you know, on anything. And so, Lord, I just, I just pray, um, God, that you continue to bless each and every one of the dads. Lord, that, God, just thank you for your grace and your mercy as we fail and learn and fail and learn. And, God, just, just show us more about who you are and, and show us and continue to grow us, God. Lord, we love you and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.